Ben Johnson staying in Detroit? What does that mean for the Houston Texans? And Davis Mills, Brandon Cooks, current players on the roster that can really shake things up for the Houston Texans offseason. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Thursday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players if they score more or less than their prize pick projection, and you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked in. Cody and I are discussing the Houston Texans, and I'm sorry, guys. I'm John Hickman, of course, joined by Cody Davis, and one of the candidates for the Houston Texans' vacant head coaching position job, Ben Johnson, has informed teams, which includes the Texans, that he is staying in Detroit. He believes that they have something special and he wants to see it through. That leaves Houston with Sean Payton, Mike Kafka, uh, defensive coordinator for the Broncos, Ejero Evero. Also, the Houston Texans did complete an interview with Thomas Brown, the L.A. Rams assistant head coach and tight ends coach. And then there is D'Amico Ryan's name is still floating out there as well. So Ben Johnson is out. Uh, Still got to still got to get that vacancy filled, Cody. How do you feel about that move? Uh, looking at Ben Johnson wanting to stay in Detroit, and does this really take a huge effect on this vacancy for Houston? I wonder how much this news of Ben Johnson taking his name out of the running is it more so him want, wanting to stay in Detroit, or is it more so the fact that? the Houston Texans might already have their top two, top three candidates. And once again, we talked about this on yesterday, playing around with the idea early on in the week, every single day is looking more and more likely that the Texans are trying to position themselves to make a run at Sean Payton. Um, I know when the Texans first started their head coaching search at the time, um, I was told by a source that Jonathan Gannon was the front runner, was the front runner, which made perfect sense because, you know, before they took a turn and went with Lovey Smith last year and before the whole Josh McCown foolishness, if you guys don't remember, um, Jonathan Gannon was the top candidate for the Houston Texans last year. So, you know, Every single head coaching vacancy in 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 the NFL, you know, it always seems like they interview someone in the ballpark, six to eight candidates. But you all, we always know that it's always at least three candidates who have a genuine chance to get the job as the head coach of that particular franchise. And of course, here we're talking about the Houston Texans. Um, I'm looking at this from a standpoint. I just mentioned two names. That third name most likely has to be D'Amico Ryan's and. I think this is probably more so Ben Johnson just looking at this from a standpoint. I know it's a long shot for me to get this job, so I'm going to go ahead and take my name out and stay in Detroit and continue building my resume and hopefully get another opportunity next year. Yeah, man, and I I just want to say this. In terms of just football talk, I love it. 
for Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson was critical in helping rejuvenate uh, <clears throat> quarterback Jared Goff mm-hmm. when he took over the passing game last season and continued as the offensive coordinator this season. Critical in helping out um, Amon St. Brown, right? Critical in the success that TJ Hawkinson has praised him for, who is now in Minnesota. And I think that he looks at this offense with a Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift and now that he's going to get a full offseason of Jamison Williamson, hmm. and, and and he's looking at it like, you know what, man? Yeah. I have an opportunity here to really create something special. And when it's time, when it, when it's, you know, opportunity rolls around again, my resume may be even more stamped than what it is right now. So in terms mm-hmm. of football, to talk of football, I love it. In terms of the Houston Texans, it's not a worry. Uh, ben Johnson was the guy that I really like for this franchise to move forward mm-hmm. with. However, as we've been talking about throughout the week, Sean Payton has been doing a, a very good job going on a media tour himself and lobbying for himself to be the Houston Texans' next head coach. They still have the likes of Mike Kafka. You've talked about just now Jonathan Gannon. They still have quality candidates out there. So it isn't like a last offseason where, let's say, you know, it came down to – Ben Johnson or, and I'm not trying to take digs at the man, Lovey Smith. And now that Ben Johnson is out, you have to ride with Lovey Smith. It's mm-hmm. not like that. Ben Johnson is out, but you still have, what we named our show a couple of days ago, the cream of the crop out there. And the best part about it is you, you don't have to fight against other franchises to get a head coach. There's not that many head coaching vacancies, so it's limited opportunities, but you still have the best of the best available for the position. So I'm okay with it. Kudos to Ben Johnson for feeling like Detroit is home. Detroit is where he wants to be. Detroit is where he feels like he can really bring uh, something different to the game, a stamp on the game for his own career needs and future and what he wants to do. But this isn't a panic moment for Houston. Like it was the last two off seasons. You still have the opportunity to get it right, fix the culture, change the franchise, and be competitive in the next following seasons. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college basketball, the World Cup, they've got it all over at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest Way to find all of your betting information. So head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more because Bet Online is where the game starts. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Thursday installment of Locked On Texans. And because there's been so much going on with the Houston Texans, with the head coaching surf, with Lovey Smith um, getting fired and everything else in between, um, me and John really didn't have an opportunity to really talk about some storylines for this organization beyond the draft, beyond the head coaching search, um, going into the 2023 offseason. And we got to talk about the main two guys. And, and I, yes, I understand. What a what? Three and 13 and one record? I, I'm, I still get confused when I try to say their record. Um, you know, it's really not much to take away, but I do believe that we have to have an opportunity to talk about what is next for people like Brandon Cooks and for Davis Mills. And, John, I want to start this segment off talking about, you know, what is next for Brandon Cooks? Because – as we all know, 
Cooks came to the Houston Texans in March of 2020. He came here. He thought that he was going to play alongside Deshaun Watson. We already know the story. He came out and said, you know, after they went 4-12, and 12, came out and said he wasn't accepting any more trades. Um, he's all for the rebuild with his organization. We all know what went on with Deshaun Watson. He basically became a one-man band. He embraced the rebuild this past offseason, signed a two-year extension, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere in the ballpark to $25 to $30 million. And for the first half of the season, um, gave a lot of prep talk as to why he believed in Nick and to why he believed in Lovey and to why he believed in Jack Easterby. And as soon as Jack Easterby goes out the door, all of a sudden, you know, he starts showing his quote unquote butt for a better turn. But now, and misspelling words, <laughs> dishes on Twitter, on Twitter. But now, John, you know, I, I kind of feel like Brandon Cooks is at a crossroad in his career. And before moving on, um, during the final day of the Houston Texans season, when they had an opportunity to clean out their locker, uh, Brandon Cooks talked talked about his future or lack thereof with this organization. Uh, I mean, you said get my mind right. I mean, for me, I, my mind's not there. Uh, you know, rebuild, like I said, that window of – uh, where your gifts are at its peak is, it, you know, only lasts for so long. So, for me, um, I, I'm not looking at it as far as you know being a part of a rebuild. However, that looks, that's where I trust my camp um, and my representation to be able to get a map from here and you know to there to see what that looks like uh, to be a part of something that's a trusted plan. Um, but I'm not going into this off season um, thinking like I'm, I want to be a part of another rebuild like that. Honestly, the way I think about it is, I hoped I, I loved everybody in this building the best way that I can. Uh, forget the, you know, the football piece of it. Obviously, every time I put that uniform on, you know, I played my heart out for this organization, these fans, and it's unfortunate we couldn't get anything done um, my three years here. But when I walk away and I leave throughout the off season, I just wish and I hope everyone felt the love for me and everyone understood that I try to be the best leader I can possibly be. Um, in a situation that we've been in, obviously it hasn't been pretty. There's been a lot of things going on, you know, uh, these last three years. Um, I had fun doing it, um, but that, that's my prayer that I that I, that I loved everyone in this building and, and they felt that. Before moving on, John, before I give the floor over to you, I do want to say this. Um, in 2023, as we mentioned, Brandon Cook's been taking a lot of heat because he signed a contract with this organization. He's 22. all for the rebuild. Well, 2022, he signed the contract. He's all for the rebuild. And now it seems like, well, not seem like, he wants out of town. Um, in terms of me kind of taking up for Brandon Cooks, I don't fault him for that because I view Brandon Cooks in the same situation as I view Eric Gordon. And speaking of Houston Rockets, that is part of the reason why John and myself are recording this Thursday podcast a hell of a lot earlier than we normally do because um, I had had to go cover the Rockets versus Charlotte Hornets game at the Toyota Center. Um, hopefully by the time you guys hear this, they end that 11 game losing streak. But I say all that just to say, you know, when you have a veteran like Brandon Cooks, like Eric Gordon, who are all for the rebuild, all for laying down a new foundation all for helping the young guys on the team they are not expecting to get into year three year four of a rebuild and in some cases you are just as bad if not worse off than you was at the start of the rebuild and i do believe that is where brandon cook's frustration lies with this organization however 
Brandon Cooks made that statement about two weeks ago. Ever since then, we heard from Nick Casario, and it seemed like there's a new tone, new demeanor in him as a general manager. Not only that, there's a new tone and demeanor for this organization. Plus, you also got to consider that the Houston Texans have put together a very significant and great list of head coaching candidates. And one of those coaches is Sean Payton. Brandon Cook spoke highly of Sean Payton over the years. John, I would not be surprised if Brandon Cook tried to mend his relationship with this organization if they have an opportunity to bring in Sean Payton. Now, before I give the floor over to you, I do want to mention this. Hmm. I was told that Brandon Cooks and Nick Casario, even though things got a little ugly, at the trade deadline, they still have respect for each other, and there is no bad blood. So I do believe if there is still no but bad blood, there might be a poss- a small chance that he might come back to this organization. You know, I got a question whether or not, excuse me, I got a question whether or not it's worth it. And I do want to say this. Maybe what played a huge factor – and Ben Johnson staying in Detroit is maybe there is a strong possibility and feeling around the league that Sean Payton in Houston is pretty much almost a done deal. So why waste my time? Mm-hmm. But to get back to Brandon Cooks, I, I, it could be a possibility. I think that with everything that happened last season, frustrations was at an all-time high. Mm-hmm. And like the tweets from Brandon Cooks and, uh, you know, near deadline, trade deadline, trade that fell through. For him going to Dallas, that didn't happen. And missing games and not being the captain anymore. Everything that played out, it just seems like, why keep that around? Um, But to Brandon Cooks' point, I don't think Brandon Cooks really wants to be a part of a nasty – rebuild that is regressing. Brandon Cooks was okay in year one under David Cully because that was the first year of the rebuild. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, When he first got to Houston, he had Deshaun Watson. Didn't win many games in his last year with Deshaun. So that wasn't considered a rebuild. That following year under David Cully, that was a rebuild. And as a player who, by the way, was getting paid pretty handsomely here in Houston, um, you may have looked at that as, okay, I get it. I understand it, especially considering what just took place. So now you're going into the second year and the talk around the franchise is we're not actively tanking. We want to be better. And the team regressed. And the regression was terrible to look at at times in year two of the rebuild under Lovey Smith. And so for Brandon Cooks, it's like, hey, man, if you guys remember – I'm not covering up for the lies no more. Remember mm-hmm. that? I think that was a part of it. The ideal that this team would be more competitive this year under a Super Bowl contending, formerly uh, attending, contending head coach in Lovey Smith compared to a, a lifelong coordinator coach. Didn't work out. The tweets, the emotions, the, everything like I just mentioned. So if Sean Payton comes in, and there is a change in infrastructure and in how this franchise is being ran in terms of roster, in terms of coaching, in terms of, 
you know, how everything can completely change, do a 180. And by the way, the Houston Texans schedule came out. That schedule for this upcoming season looks a little bit more easier than its past mm. two schedules, right? So that could play a factor in it. And you having a relationship with Sean Payton, Sean Payton being one of those respected coaches throughout the league, which may change some of the minds of some of these players doing free agency. So now the roster looks better. Now the roster has more competitive players for Brandon Cooks, who, by the way, is still getting paid very handsomely. I mean, real hand, like almost handsome as me, <laughs> right? That could change your mind. That could change the trajectory of your idea of staying in Houston for another season under contract because now not only are they telling you it'll be different, but they're also actively showing you and putting into action that the next 17 games that you play will be completely different compared to the past 33 games that you've played for the Houston Texans franchise. And I, and I do want to clear clarify something. I don't want nobody thinking that I'm lobbying for Brandon Cooks to stay. Um, even if they do bring in Sean Payton, I do feel, John, to your point that it might be best for this organization to move on from Cooks. However, you still got to consider the fact that Cooks still has a lot of money left on that contract. And not only that, even though he is not the player that he once was, and I do believe that this was the first year that Cooks really started showing some, some type of decline, what is going to be a fair asking price for the Texans? And what is going to be a fair trade package that the Texans get back for his services? I right. think there's just a lot that you got to consider as to what is next for Brandon Cooks. And like I mentioned, I was told that, you know, him and general manager Nick Casario, they still have a pretty good relationship. Um, Nick, Nick, Nick has had, from what we've both been told about several situations, Nick has never been the villain. It's always been, you know, other powers. Yeah. Maybe. So I don't look at Nick being here in town as a, uh, as a bad thing, as a deterrent compared to something that may be helpful. As we sit and talk about toxic relationships, I want to tell you about a healthy relationship that can really make a huge difference in your life. And that's Bill Bar. Bill Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. So right now you can go to build.com and use promo code locked on 15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. You can also find Bill Bar at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. So again, visit builtbar.com and use promo code locked on 15 to get 15% off your next order. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Thursday installment of Locked On Texans. John and myself, we just had a really good conversation about what is next for Brandon Cooks. Now we got to look into what is next for quarterback Davis Mills. Um, as you guys know, Davis Mills regressed in his second season. Um, people, some people like out me. there, get him out of here, trade him. Yeah, you got cut people him. out there, you know, just cut him, get him, get him out of here, whatever the case might be. You got some people that, that are saying that, you know, they would like to see Davis Mills stick around because, you know, you never know what the future holds. And, you know, I, I saw this one idea, of course, knock on wood, that, you know, you get Bryce, you get CJ, something happens within their first season and they're unable to play. I don't want to say what that is, but just think back to Deshaun Watson's rookie season after that phenomenal performance against the Seattle Seahawks. 
And the very next day or two days later in practice, he ended up tearing something and was out for the rest of his rookie season. Um, So I saw a lot of people saying, you know, that could be your security blanket if you have to change quarterbacks midseason. Um, he could step in and just try to help keep the organization afloat. Um, John, and as he should, Davis Mills feels like he has done enough to retain his job. And not only that, he feels that he, if given the opportunity, he can still develop into the quarterback people like myself and the rest of the Mill Mafia was hoping for. Continued development. Um, obviously, stay getting whatever playbook I am uh, given this upcoming season as quick as possible so I can um, start winning some people over and try to get another opportunity to go out there and be the guy next year. Davis, And continue to just progress as a quarterback, uh, continue working on fundamentals and make sure I can go out there and perform to my best ability um, given the opportunity. Davis, from your seat, do you feel like you did enough this year to show the organization that you deserve to be the guy, no questions asked going into next year? Or? I hope so. I mean, obviously, there's always going to be questions asked. Um, I'm not in full control of that decision, but I'd like to like to think to myself that I'd, I'd shown enough, and I think personally that my best football is still ahead of me, so I want to continue developing and uh, growing as a player and as a person. As you guys know, like I mentioned, Davis Mills regressed in his second season. I believe he finished the season tied for first place for more interception, for the most interceptions on the season with 15. He tied with um, Dallas Cowboys quarterback, Dak Prescott. And, John, I think it's going to be real interesting to see what is next for Davis Mills because even though it did not work out here in Houston, I do believe that he possesses the attributes to be – a quality starting quarterback in this league and maybe more so than Brandon Cooks, I believe that it might be in Davis Mills's best interest to depart from this organization and get a new slave somewhere else. That way you can have a new head coach, a new offensive coordinator, just a new everything and a new franchise who believes in you. Because the one thing that I kept thinking about last week and even early on this week before we got the news that cj was declaring for the draft i kept thinking to myself what will the houston texans look like for the sake of this argument if cj stayed in college bryce young get taken by the indianapolis colts and the houston texans are kind of cornering to a realistic possibility of giving davis mills another opportunity i still think davis mills can thrive but i believe he he would just do better going to a franchise that believes in him so first and foremost, I would like to say that if we look directly to San Francisco, they have a quote unquote Mr. Irrelevant throwing four oh. touchdowns, throwing four no. touchdowns in a playoff oh. game, right? And and has been on a mean streak. I think he has like 17 touchdowns since I think week. he's six and oh too. He's six and oh, 17, like crazy numbers for the amount of time he's been playing football. And you guys have either seen me tweet it or I've come on this show and, and sung praises about Kyle Shanahan. So what I'm getting at is coaching matters. Hmm. You get caught up on the hype of a, a first round, you know, a quarterback who was, you know, taken first overall, and you you you, you get hype about that. Well, if Brock Purdy isn't a you know perfect example of coaching matters. Geno Smith just broke the Seattle Seahawks passing yards record mm. in his first year with the franchise starting. Coaching 
matters and talk to bring that around to what's next for Davis Mills. I think we can agree that the Houston Texans next head coach, unless it's Jonathan Gannon, who I'm against their next head coach would be monumental for the growth of their rookie quarterback. when mm-hmm. they draft him. And I think that same help and that same coaching that will help that rookie quarterback is going to help third-year quarterback Davis Mills. And so I also want to take a trip to Philly, right? Mm. Jalen Hurts go down. What did you see? Gardner Minshew stepped in. Now, did Gardner Mm -hmm. Minshew just necessarily go crazy and win a bunch of games? No, I think Gardner Minshew only played in two games, maybe three. I can't remember the number off top. But that first game against Dallas, that offense didn't necessarily look any different. Gardner Minshew is a quarterback that, has been in the league for a few years and has been in a couple of different systems, but he's learned how to make it work. And whenever his time has been called, I think Gardner Minshew has played up to a standard a standard enough where this offseason teams may come calling for the possibility of you being our next starting quarterback for this upcoming season if we mm-hmm. don't necessarily believe in the quarterback we have in our roster right now or if we draft a quarterback but we believe he needs to wait a year and you're the quarterback that we feel like should – you know, start ahead of him. What I'm getting at is I think that Davis – and I may be the only person on this train saying this. I think Davis Mills can benefit from staying with the Houston Texans because mm. he's going to be a third-year quarterback. He's going to be a player who, again, will be in a much more comfortable, uh, we presume, system that can allow quarterbacks to thrive and he can learn – in the system that allows that quarterback to play some of that modern, up-to-date football. And if your rookie quarterback, God forbid, get hurt, something happens, or you may need to pull him out so he can see things differently from the sidelines. Like Davis Mills, dude. Like Davis Mills. Then Davis Mills, a quarterback who's already on this team, has been playing with some of the guys that would be on this team you know, next season, can step in and fill in that shoe. So I'm against it. And my thing is – do we want a, 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 a an older backup quarterback for this rookie quarterback? Like, mm. I don't think I, I don't think switching out quarterbacks would do any justice because Davis Mills can also teach this young quarterback some of the same things you bring in a vet to teach. So let's cut that out. Again, I think I'm in a minority on that one, but I think Davis Mills and Houston should not move on from one another. And by the way, he is a third round quarterback still on his rookie deal. It's cheap. Let's save money and cut corners where we can do that. Davis Mills needs to continue to be on the Houston Texans roster. And before moving on, John, I do want to give you some credit really quick. I love how you talked about the importance of coaching because I do believe, you know, and I think this is the majority of Texans fans now, I do believe the lack of coaching he has had through the first two seasons is part of the reason why he has struggled so bad. I mean, the first season – David Cully and Tim Kelly, you already know how that went. And then this past season, you know, you thought it was going to be better with Lovey Smith, especially with Pep Hamilton. And like I mentioned, unfortunately, he regressed. So um, I, I'm still rooting for David Smills. You know, I, I hope he finds success, if not here in Houston, somewhere in the NFL, because I can see the potential is there. But something has to click. And, I, and whether that's coaching, whether that's confidence, whether that's just, just him getting his skills to the NFL level, because you 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 got to remember that I want to say 
this year with him starting how many games he started like 15 games because he was benched for those two this is probably the most football he played consistently since what maybe yeah high school because you know the first year in college he set out due to the the knee injury the second year well the fact actually the first two years um towards the end of his sophomore campaign he came back and only played i think it was three games then there was the COVID year where he only played like three he gets drafted to the texans we all know the history so this was literally the first time that he played consistent football you know ever since high school so you know regardless of what goes on man i'm still rooting for davis mills and um you know let's see what the future holds for him I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not giving up on them. You know, I know it hurts. And trust me, I am hurt because I wanted to talk some noise. <laughs> you are alone. Thank you guys <laughs> for taking out today's episode of the Locked On Texan podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and follow us on, subscribe on YouTube as well under the name Locked On Texans. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, it's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.